encourage you this morning to get your app out if you have the app or get your Bible out, but follow along. You can follow along in the app if you do it that way. Um, but take notes this morning. I want you to hear what uh, Holy Spirit has put in me to share with, with uh, us, and I'm very, very excited. You know, when I consider the title of the message, It's Possible, you know, I was running through a lot of thoughts in my mind this morning, and, there's, and I was thinking, one of the things I was thinking about was my wife, and I was thinking about the miracle of my wife in my life, and how that all came to be. Some of you don't know it, but the very first night that I met her, I told her, you're going to be my wife. Uh, we met. Five minutes later, I said, you know, you're going to marry me. Just thought you might want to know that. And 30 years, almost 31 years uh, now that we've been married. But what a, it was an incredible, incredible moment. And it was an impossible thing that Yahweh did for me. And I was thinking this morning, and as I was driving in, I was thinking about her. And this, this seems completely unrelated, but I just had this natural thought that came through my mind. And it's the words of a country song that said, when I was thinking about her, and I thought, you make my speakers go boom, boom. And, um, and you know, 31 years later, 31 years later, and she is just, she is, she is joy to me. And, and, I, and I hope that for those of you, uh, whether you're the husband or you're the wife, I, my hope is that you can still say about him or her, you can say, you know, you make my speakers go boom, boom. And uh, that, that, that seemed impossible at one time to have that kind of relationship is very, very possible today. There is nothing like having that. I can encourage you today, don't rush into it. Don't rush into it. Wait till he puts the boom, boom in your speakers, and that's the one. But uh, if there's no boom, boom, it's not the one. So I'm just telling you today that he has a way of making it happen. It's possible. Everybody say, it's possible. possible. Say it again. Say, "It's it's possible. It is possible. There is no doubt about it. So what are we going to learn today? We're going to learn something in the next few minutes um, that I think is important for all of us to know, that just because our prayers aren't answered doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't God's will. Because even Jesus prayed, and God didn't answer it. I'll read it to you in a minute. But believe it or not, God didn't even answer all of His prayers. At least not the way he thought. At least not the way he prayed it. How often in our life are we needing the impossible? We're needing a miracle. We're needing something beyond our own ability. And we've prayed, and we've prayed, and we've begged. Our begging turns into pleading, our pleading turns into great drops of blood. And he still does not answer it at least the way that we've asked. It just doesn't happen that way. So in our mind, what we believe is we will allow ourselves to think or to consider for a moment, well, maybe it's just impossible. If God won't do it, if He's not answering it this way, because I'm not asking amiss. I'm not asking outside of His purpose. I'm not asking outside of goodness. So if he's not answering my prayer, and it's not outside of goodness, and if it's not outside the desires of my heart, if he wants to give me the desires of my heart, if it's not outside of that, what's the problem? 
So what we do is we get frustrated and we get aggravated. And then if we're not careful, we will get to the place where we begin to question whether or not do I really know him? Do I really have faith? Do I really believe? Do I really trust him? Does he even hear me? I mean, there's probably true of most of us in this room today that there's been a time in our life when we've looked up to the heavens and we've said, where are you? Do you see this mess I'm in? Where are you? Do you see the calamity around me? Do you see what I'm going through? Where, where are you? Do you not understand? Do you not hear the questions that are going over and over and over in my mind? And we're looking up and we're saying, what, what? I, need, I need something here. Give me something tangible. Let's talk about today what's possible. So let me start by saying this. What's possible isn't always what we should be hoping for. Just because it's possible doesn't mean I have the right to even hope for it or pray for it. Oh, let me, let me make sure you get this. Say it with me. Say, just because it's possible, just because it's possible. doesn't mean, doesn't mean. I, should be praying for that. I should be praying for that. Well, God, you can do all things. Yes, I can, but I won't. But God, you can move a mountain. Yes, I can. But not for you today. God, you can breathe life into the dry bones. Yes, I can. But not those bones. But why not? Turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Let's start with verse 32. Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse 32, reads like this. It says, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, he being Jesus, he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John. And he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. I need you to remain here and keep watch. And then going a little farther, he fell on the ground and he prayed, if it were possible that the hour might pass from him. And he said this, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So let's get the picture here. He says in verse 34, he says to the disciples, he says, my soul, I trust you guys. And I'm going to lay it out bare in front of you right now. I know what's about to happen. Remember, we just had dinner. We just had a big meal, and I told you exactly what was going to happen. We broke the bread. And I told you exactly what was about to happen to me. And he said, man, I trust you guys. And I can tell you, I'm, I can't lay out my... I can't bear my soul in front of everybody because not everybody would understand it. But I, I'm just trusting that you 12 are going to under, or you 11 right now are going to understand this. I need you to understand, 12 actually at this moment. I need you to understand what's about to occur. My soul hurts. There is a gnawing in me. 
I know I told you what was going to happen last night. I know that I told you everything, and I know I told you that this thing was going to be torn down but built up again in three days. I know, but man, I'm in pain. I am hurting. I can feel everything that's about to happen, and it hasn't happened yet. I see the thorns, I see the nails, I feel the holes in me, I feel the spear in my side, the vinegar in my mouth, I feel these things, I feel the mockery, I feel the hair being ripped out, I feel the whip on my back, I feel the cross on my shoulders, I, I feel it and I am sorrowful, I am hurting, I need, to, I need to lay it out in front of you guys because I am vexed. I need you to stay here and watch. Guard this vulnerability. Because I don't want anyone to lose faith because of my present vulnerability. No one else can see me so sorrowful and in so much pain and anguish because they might misinterpret what I'm actually doing. But you've been walking with me. So you will not interpret what I'm doing as a lack of faith. You will interpret what I'm doing as a walking through. Remain here for me and guard my vulnerability. And then going a little farther, he fell on the ground. Overwhelmed. If you can imagine knowing what was about to take place. Not a sitting on the ground, not a kneeling on the ground, not a getting down gently, but there's just this moment of overwhelming weight that just flowed over him, and it's like the world caved in. He falls to the ground, and he said, Father, feel this. I hurt. I'm in pain. I know what's coming. Am I able to do this thing? Have you ever felt something so deep in you, pain that was so deep in you? There was this thing that rose up in you. I can't go on. Father, I know this. All things are possible for you. You are capable in the middle of all of this to do all things. And I need you now to show up and not do all things, but do one thing. Get me through this moment. It isn't my will that I'm worried about. It's yours. I'm enduring this moment for greater purpose. I'm enduring the sorrow for greater purpose. I think it's true. 
to say in most circumstances when any of us are going through things and each of us have had different experiences where there was tremendous sorrow and, and, and difficulty and, and even as he described here, he said, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. We know that it was so tangible in that he sweat what scripture calls blood. He sweat drop, great drops of blood, scripture describes it as, which is actually possible. They were so tormented, so uh, not tormented by evil, but tormented by the knowledge of what was about to come. Tormented by the weight, tormented by the pain he knew he was about to feel and the suffering and and the inability for him to lash out. Sometimes we find our escape in the deepest and darkest moment by being able or at least having the opportunity to lash out at somebody. I'd just feel better if I could slap somebody in the face. (laughs) I'd just feel better if I could whatever. Insert whatever makes you feel better. But he realized the weight of this thing and he realized, you know what, going into this thing, Father... I have to carry this. And I'm going to carry this. This is my moment. And I'm not going to miss it. This is my opportunity to do in this earth exactly what you sent me to do. And while all things are possible, there's only one thing that's possible to produce the fruit you want this moment to produce. You can do all things, but I don't want you to do everything. I just want you to do this one thing. Empower me to press through. All things are possible for you, and you can do it all, but I don't want you to do everything. I just want you to do this one thing. Enable me to get through. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible. Please remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours. So how often do we insert, you and me, how often are you and I, how often do we insert the if into what God has called us to be and do? If I were this, then the outcome would be, I wouldn't have to suffer like this. If I could just do this, this thing would be removed from me. If they didn't do that to me, then I would be able to whatever. If I had more money, then it wouldn't be like this. And all the while, the father's saying, if, 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 get through your if. And I'm just going to tell you this morning, get through your if. Oh, you don't know what my if is. And I don't care. And neither does he. If, 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 but oh, if I could, or if this would, or if they did. He said, I'm not interested in your if. He said, what I'm interested in is the one thing that's possible, not the all things that are possible. The one thing that's possible to get you through this very moment. Jesus' if followed the same exact emotion that so many of our ifs follow. We come up with the ifs when we're going through sorrow, when we're going through difficulty. We come up with the same ifs. Oh, man, I just can't do this anymore. If, if they hadn't done this to me, I wouldn't be going through this. 
if they hadn't done to the, that to you, maybe the fruit that you're going to achieve yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. would also never come on, grow on your tree. Again, he said he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible that the hour might pass from him, his soul was sorrowful and he wished there was another way. How many times have you and I in the middle of our moments, in the middle of our situations, and we've said, it's never going to happen. I'm not going to be able to get there. Everything looks absolutely impossible. It's not, there's no chance that this is going to change. And the more we focus on that thing that isn't changing, we become more and more grieved in our soul, more and more heavy in our heart, more and more faithless in our God. And we grieve and we, we do all of these things and, and then on the back side of all of that, we just begin to question everything. We're not unlike Christ. We're in good company. Because on the middle of, in the middle of all of that, you begin to say, Father, there's got to be another way. How often have you fallen on the ground and you prayed for another way? Father, don't do this to me. Listen, when I was in Panama City and I was under the leadership of the man who became a spiritual father to me, Nolan Ball. Literally, there were times that I were, would, as it were, fall on the ground and say, Father, let this cup pass from me. I can tell you one time in particular, my wife and I were in a, in a meeting that he had held in, uh, was it Jamaica? It was Jamaica. Only time they'd ever gone there, never been there before, and he held this meeting in Jamaica. And when we were there, we get there, I'm new, I'm relatively new. I hadn't been there long. I'd been there about... I think a year maybe or so we'd been there. Longer than that? Longer than that we'd been there. Doesn't really matter. We were there. And we went to Jamaica the one time that they went there, and there's a bunch of people there. Ministers, pastors, wives, families from other ministries and what have you, a bunch of people. And we're there in the middle of the meeting, the first night of the meeting, Everybody's sitting in a room sort of like this in a conference room. And he's standing up and he's talking. In the middle of that talk, he stops and he looks at me and he points his finger at me and he said, Steve Parker, why are you lying to me? This is in the middle of a meeting. And I said, sir? And he said, you lied to me. And I said, no, sir. First of all, I didn't know what he was talking about, but I said, no, sir. I've never lied to you. He said, you did, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> of course, my heart's racing. I'm terrified. I mean, I don't know all these people in this room. And I said, no, sir. And he got angry. He said, this is your opportunity to tell the truth. In front of all these people, I said, sir, I don't have any truth to tell. I don't know what I lied about. I don't know what you're talking about. And I loved him. Well, I was learning to, and then I was quickly learning to unlove whatever I learned to love. <laughs> and he went on until he got so angry, he said, this meeting's dismissed tonight. I was so humiliated, so, hang so angry, so confused, 
so everything you can imagine. And I went to my room, to our room in the hotel where we were. My wife and I were there, and at the time we had Alex, our daughter, with us. She was four months old. And I went to that room, and I laid across that bed, and I cried like a baby. And I told my wife, I said, I can't do this. I'm not going to make it. I don't know what's in this man, and I don't know why he hates me, but I can't make it. I don't know what I've ever done to him. I don't know what I've ever said. I don't know who I've ever offended, but I can't sit at his feet. And I'm sobbing my eyes out, and this was a moment for me. I'm in the only thing that kept Kim and I from leaving was about a thousand miles of water between us and our car. It was on purpose that God had that meeting in Jamaica instead of Atlanta, where it normally was. And I laid on that bed, and I literally, I just, I just, everything, my whole world collapsed because everybody, every friend that I had in ministry was present. People I didn't know were present, all these people present, and I just knew this is not going to go well. And then I heard, heard Holy Spirit say, you're not here. Same thing I'd heard him say numerous times. You're not here because you chose to be. You're here because I sent you here. Suck it up. Uh, he has to talk to me like that because that's, what, that's the language I understand. He says, you are here because I sent you. Get your act together. So I accepted that I wasn't going to be going anywhere. I wasn't going to leave. But what I didn't do was get over my feelings. The next morning, we go out of the hotel room. We go down to the lobby to get breakfast. And he and his wife are sitting at a table. We walked by. He looked up at me and smiled and nodded his head. And I just turned my head and kept walking. <laughs> we were there for four days. I never spoke to him one time. Never said one word to him. He got sick on that trip. I'm just being Can I just be real? Can I be vulnerable? Are you the 12 I can trust? He got very sick at the end of that trip because he was so mean to me. I'm sure of it. <laughs> but he got so sick at the end of that trip. And there was a piece of me that thought, good for you. But when we left, the night before we were leaving, he was in his room. And I think, I can't remember if we were in our hotel room or if we were in the lobby. I can't remember. But he was in his room. He was sick, throwing up, fever. Everything that could go wrong was wrong. And he called for me. He told someone to go get me. He said, go get him. I want him to lay hands on me. I thought, I am not the guy you want laying hands on you. Right now. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you can't, if you, some of you know, you've been where I, where I was. And I went up there and I walked in that room 
And it was interesting that he even did that because I didn't have the faith that he would get better. My faith was more geared toward it, toward it getting worse. There was that much anger in me. Grief, sorrow, pain, hurt. Because we had altered our entire life to sit at his feet. We had changed everything. We moved from Panama City, I mean from Cleveland, Tennessee to Panama City to sit at his feet. We upped our entire family to go and be in that ministry. And I laid hands on him and I prayed and I walked right out of the room. There was no discussion. I laid hands on him, prayed, and I went out of that room. And then it was a year later, you've heard me tell some of this story, but it was a year later. For that entire year, and the reason I know it's a year, because every six months they went on a, a trip to, the, the meetings was every, were every six months apart. And, it was, and we were able to go every year. And so one year later, it was time to go. And in that meantime, I'm on the platform every Sunday, because I'm the guy that does all the AC adjusting, the air conditioning adjusting. And I'm on that platform, and I'm making sure the AC's right. Would not speak to him unless I absolutely had to for a year. In my heart, he created such pain, such hurt. You can't, if I told all of the stories, none of you would have any respect for him. But you should. For that entire year, I wanted nothing to do with him. I avoided him at all costs. I despised him in my heart for that entire year. And yet I was a pastor on his staff. The only thing that kept me there was constantly hearing Holy Spirit say, I'm the one that sent you. Suck it up. On this particular Sunday, he was getting ready to leave. And he said to me, he said, or he didn't say to me, he said to the congregation, he said, listen, I've got to leave. I'm going to Atlanta right after service, and I need to be there by whatever. He was meeting somebody, and he said, I have to leave right after service. Unfortunately, I won't be able to greet anybody, so I just want you to know. And he was very kind to everybody. Um, he dismissed, but as soon as he said that, holy, I knew in my heart, Holy Spirit said, today's the day. And I went up to him, and I said, I went up and I said, I know that you're getting ready to leave. You're getting ready to go to Atlanta. But I need to be honest with you for just a quick minute if you'll give me a second. And he said, sure. And I said, sir, I have despised you and hated you in my heart ever since Jamaica for what you did. I said, what you did to me there, you humiliated me, you embarrassed me, you accused me of something that wasn't true. You never talked to me about it after that. And I said, I have hated you in my heart, and I just want you to know I forgive you. And he said, son, what are you talking about? And I said, when you said that I lied to you and you did that in front of all those people, and you embarrassed me, got mad because I didn't fess up to a lie I never told, and you embarrassed me in front of all of those people, when you did that, you just about destroyed my hope for what was ahead. And he immediately began to weep. And he said, I thought I came to you as soon as we got back. I found out who it was that did that. And it wasn't you. He said, I thought I came to you and apologized. I said, no, sir, you didn't. And with tears in his eyes, he said, son, I am so, so sorry. And just like that, 
The weight was lifted. Everything changed. Healing was present. Now, why am I saying that? I'm telling you that today. Because emotion, ifs, will always follow our emotion. And the if can get in the way of fulfillment. In my emotional state, everything in me, I'm so thankful that there is a tenacity in me where Holy Spirit kept reminding me, I sent you here. You're not going anywhere. If you do, you're outside the will of God. I'm thankful that there's something in me that is driven to do what I believe with all my heart is the will of God. But I had a lot of ifs in that emotion. If it's possible for me to go be under someone else's leadership, please, this guy you sent me to, He's awful. Have you met him? <laughs> and then it was shortly, not long after that, things began to change and there was a season. And I can tell you, he began to minister to my soul. I'm talking about Nolan Ball. Begin to minister to my soul in a way that all of a sudden I was beginning to see things. And let me just tell you this. Let me wrap it up, that part of it, with this. Anything you like about me today. Any strength of anointing that is present in me today. Anything that is in me that is revelatory, that is changing your life. It began in the heart of God, but it was fomented in me from the heart of Nolan Ball. You need to know that those moments where we are in, we're falling to the ground. We're not getting on the ground. We're not lying down. We are falling down because things are so heavy. In those moments, keep your ifs out of it. Because all things are possible to God, but there's only one possibility that He wants for you. And in the middle of being on the ground, in the middle of that weightiness, and in the middle of that heaviness, the one single possibility that He wants for you might only come because you are on the ground. Because you do realize the only way through this is trusting Him. Yes, He might be able to move a mountain to get you off of that ground, but by moving the mountain, what might not happen that would happen had you stayed on the ground and not asked for a mountain to be taken out of the way. Jesus asked two significant questions in that prayer. If it's possible, let the hour pass, because I know, and he said, and I know this, all things are possible, so is it possible that you can remove this from me? And the Father didn't do either one, at least not the way Christ thought. All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. If it's possible, let somebody else deal with this. The Father didn't answer either prayer like he thought. But he did answer the prayer. Just not like he was asking. God didn't remove the cup in the garden. He removed the cup after his resurrection. Amen. 
He did not take him out of the hour of sorrow. He let the hour of sorrow produce a savior. He said to him, son, I'm going to give you what you're asking for, but not like you think. Because the consequences of giving you what you're asking for will eliminate the reason I sent you in the first place. So what if God had granted Jesus' prayer and removed the cup and said, don't worry about this hour, son. I see the sorrow you're in. I see the grief you're in. I see you lying on the ground. I see that you have fallen to the ground, bumped your head, bumped your knee, whatever. I see that you're down there groveling, wondering when is it going to happen. But he said, I'm, what, if, what if God had said, you know what, I can't endure that. I can't watch you do that anymore. Just get up. I'm going to just take it all away. What if that would have happened? If he had, where would we be? If he had given Christ what he asked for in the moment of emotion, God, if you just knew, he does. If you would just look upon me, and he is. Feel my pain and you would change it. He does feel your pain. But if he had said to Christ, you want me to remove the cup? Want me to take you out of this hour? Okay, son. You've been a good boy up till now. Why should I let you suffer through anything? I'm going to tell you why. Because yes, son, all things are possible for me. Yes, I could take you out of this moment. It's possible that I could do that, but that isn't the possible that I've determined for you. While I can do all things, I'm not going to do all things for you today. If he let your hour pass, I'm going to ask without you raising a hand, but how many in you, how many of you have been in an hour, you've been in a moment like I shared with my own, mine and my wife's personal moment a few minutes ago. How many of you have ever been in that moment where it's just, it's overwhelming and you think I can't, there's no, I'm not even going to get to tomorrow. You've been there. You felt grief. You felt yourself fall on the ground feeling like there's no answer. There's no way. It is impossible even for a God of all things possible. There's no way out. And you've said, Father, same thing as Christ. If there's any way, get me out of this thing. Can you remove this from me? And I ask you this morning. If he let the hour pass you prayed for, how would things be different in your life? I can tell you this. If he had removed those moments that F. Nolan Ball pressed me, spun me on the wheel, if he had removed those moments and there are others, but I'm using that. What 
What would be different in my life today? I can tell you what would be different. One thing for sure, we would not be gathered here today and I would not be standing on this platform. I could tell you today that I would not be the confident man in the kingdom of God that I am today. I can tell you today that I would not stand with the faith I have today. I can tell you today I would not endure the things I'm able to endure and I could not walk through the things I'm able to walk through. I'm, I'm telling you today, I am confident of this. There isn't a valley so deep and there is not a mountain so high that I cannot overcome it. Even if in the middle of it, it feels weighted. Even if in the middle of it, it feels challenging and difficult and, and overwhelming. If he let the cup pass from you, that you prayed for. Let it pass, Father. How would things be different in your life? Mm. I wrote this statement. I want to read it to you this morning. It says, It might be that praying for the purposeful rather than the possible could be by His design. Praying for the purposeful rather than the possible is likely by His design. In other words, Father, I'm in this moment. So rather than saying, remove this cup from me, rather than saying, let this hour pass, what if I turn that and I say, whatever you're producing in me, do a complete work. Shore me up, Holy Ghost. How many lessons have we not learned because we Asked him to do something that's not impossible to him because people's quick answer is, I'm going through this, but nothing's impossible for God. So he's going to, nothing is. Again, I remind you, nothing's impossible, but not all things are the possibility he has for you in that moment. The greater miracle isn't necessarily changing the hour of decision or removing the cup of perseverance. Sometimes the greater miracle is in drinking the cup of perseverance and remaining in the hour of decision. Sometimes while I'm in the middle of it, in fact, oftentimes, let me tell you something today. Let me tell you something today. I'm, convinc I'm convinced, I'm certain of this, in fact, there are most times, most times, if not all times, if you are a child of God and you honor Him, most of what you're going through is intentional. And if we're not careful, when we're honoring Him and we're going through it, what we will do if we're not careful is we will, we will immediately begin to ask God, get me out of this thing. And He's saying, that's the last, I put you in it. I put you in it. Because there's some crusty stuff in you that can only happen in that particular furnace. I can only get that off in that particular furnace. I think of a cast iron skillet. You know how you get rust off a cast iron skillet? You put water in it, you boil it on the stove. And you let it keep boiling, it breaks it all up. Everything that's on the bottom of that cast iron skillet begins to boil it up. When you take your rag and you wipe it, it just wipes right off. It's just gone. You pour your little olive oil on it, set it back on a hot stove, let it set, let it cure. It's restored. Isn't that right, Vivian? But what the Father wants to do is He wants to say, listen, you're right in the middle of that thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All things are possible for me. But let me tell you what's possible that's going to happen. 
the one thing that you need. I can do all things. But this, there's only one possible thing I want to do in your situation. And it might be letting you stew for a bit. It might be letting you wait it out for a bit. Not because he enjoys watching us wallow on the ground in suffering and sorrow and pain and frustration. But because he knows in the middle of all of that, man, what rises up from that ground? Like he said to Christ, like he knew about Christ. You know what? You Go ahead, sweat your blood. Go ahead and fall on the ground because I know what's coming out of the tomb. You're my son, and I'm going to let you endure that. If I let you endure that, what am I going to let Steve Parker endure? Christ's decision to say, Father, let the hour pass and remove the cup. That's what I'm asking for. You're clearly not giving that to me. So not my will. But your will be done. The possibilities I had in mind were everything except what I see coming. But your possibility for me. Your, it's possible, Jesus, that if you will endure this, my possible for you, if you will endure this, you'll change the earth. I'm going to tell you today, wherever you're at, stop looking to the Father. Be careful about going to Him and saying, all things are possible for you. Remove all of this from me. Be careful about that. And instead, come to Him and say, what do you want to do? What is the possible that you want to do in this moment. Do that. Yes, you can remove the mountain. Yes, you can change the situation because it's possible. But that's not the right possibility for this moment. The right possibility might just be leaving the mountain there. It might just be letting you walk in the muck for a bit so that you can come out the other side and change life. Does anybody hear me this morning? Stand with me if you would, please. So I want to say to you this morning what I ended this thing with. Here I just put a little note on there, and I just want to say to you, because Holy Spirit was so, so direct to me, and He still is. When I go through something, when I'm dealing with something, I'm very careful. I've learned to practice what I'm preaching today, to be very, very careful and not just assume that just because it's difficult that I'm outside of the will of God but to accept and believe and to know, you know what, Father, you're doing a work and I trust you. And just like going back to the time that I was in Panama City and Holy Spirit would say, you didn't choose this, I sent you here. Suck it up. I changed the words for you this morning and I'm just going to tell you, sweat it out. Sweat it out and let God do the possible in you that He wants to do. Let Him do it. I can tell you if you're in it, And it's because He's got you there. You're going to get out. If you get out the way He intended, the fruit, it'll be worth having. But you get out your way, there'll be no fruit at all. Can somebody say amen?